Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? Oh, we got a real hairy topic to address today. Damn, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, I win. You should host the show. <sighs> Take a load off, man. Do some of the heavy lifting. Well, did here. you know this episode is brought to you by FullSkill.io? Thank you. Wow. That was very, very uh, considerate of you, man. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you doing that. I'm just doing your job. I'm not kidding. We really do have a hairy topic today. <laughs> we do. <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to hit my hair joke quota in like the first couple of yeah. minutes. But so with us today, we have Courtney Lane, who has the most interesting title of all founders that we've had. She is a Victorian hair artist, a historian and a professional weirdo. Oh, yeah. And Courtney is her company never forgotten specializes in Victorian hair art. Hello, Courtney. Hello. Thank you for having me today. I'm happy to have you here. I think this is a, um, a, I, so I, I give a little backstory here. Courtney came to see Santana at the Full Scale Suite, which my daughter was with me. That was, yeah, she had a good time. I, I loved your daughter. She's great. Yeah, she's, yeah. Everyone meets Dylan when they're in the room with her. So I'm sure <laughs> yeah, you know her. Yeah. Nobody misses Dylan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She walks to the room. Yeah. She's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, by the way, I'm taking her to the Innovate Her um, event tonight for female entrepreneurship she is currently for is she going to wwe with us yeah too? oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah we're learning all the important oh, stuff early in life it. but <laughs> but i that was the first time i'd met courtney and courtney makes a, a really amazing impression um and we'll talk about that and her personal brand uh, in a bit but then later i was trying to explain to my wife jill exactly what you do with victorian hair art and i was really terrible at it so i was like you know what we need, we need to get courtney in for the podcast because no one knows better what it is than she does so courtney what the hell is victorian hair art what is victorian hair art well it is widely known to be from the victorian era 1800s Although it is older in art form than that, but the Victorians were the ones who really made it an industry and they really, really fell in love with hair art where they would actually take the hair of their loved ones, the hair of their family members, and they would turn it into a piece of jewelry that they could wear or they would put it in a work of art that they could keep on their wall. And so it is uh, essentially a relic uh, of your loved ones. It's a piece of your family, a piece of your loved ones that you can keep forever. Okay, I, I need some help here. <laughs> Who are the Victorians? The Victorians. That's a good question, actually. That's a great question. <laughs> well, the Victorians uh, get their name from Queen Victoria. So we're talking about the 1800s. So we're going back to the 1800s here. Um, Who is Queen Victoria? Queen Victoria. Who is Queen Victoria? Man, we're going to have a pop quiz. I mean, is this, like the, is this like England or are yes. we talking Queen of Germany here? No, nope, th this is England. England although okay. th I don't this... think Germany has a queen, dude. <laughs> Long time ago, everybody yeah. did. I, did they? Yeah, one Maybe. Time. Queen Victoria was in many ways the last um, great monarch in England. Okay. Um, and she was right up until 1901. 
So we are talking mid to late 1800s is is the Victorian era. Okay. So this is an era, obviously, before the modern technology that we have today. It was very much a different time. And it was around right the, before the Industrial Revolution kicked in and then yes, World War One kicked in. And it's also right around the advent of uh, things such as photography. So the Victorians did have photography. They could capture the image of their loved one. But in their eyes, having a physical part of their loved one, like a lock of hair, was even more precious, even okay. more sentimental. And that really goes back to even further back Middle Ages, we're talking 15, 1600s, where the the Catholic Church was the law of the land. Yep. And in Catholicism, there are saintly relics. They'll have mm. the hair or the bone or the skin or the blood of a saint. And that is essentially a religious object. And it is very important because it is a part of that saint. So this was sort of a way for people to take that elaborate public religious mourning and transition it into a private personal mourning for their own loved ones and the people in their own lives. Interesting. So, you know, I like it when you guys are interactive. So find a browser, pick up your phone and go to neverforgottencl.com. And I'm assuming that's where we can see some hair art. Yes, I do have a gallery on there with some examples of my work. And, and as we continue to talk about it, you got to go check this stuff out because it's, it's interesting. It's like really, uh, I mean, that we're sitting here in the studio and you can go to the Out Startup Hustle podcast on Instagram or you can go check out Never Forgotten CL on Instagram. And I'm looking at a piece of your art right now, which you told me took about 40 hours to create and it's elaborate. And that's like, I don't think I could do that ever. I'd have to try a lot. Well, so. and, and it all depends. It's, it's a very unique skill set, uh, doing hair art. And there are lots of different, uh, techniques and a lot of different forms that it can take on. The one we have today that you're referring to is a hair flower technique where we're weaving three dimensional flowers out of the hair. So. Yeah. It's cool. So Courtney, how did you get started doing this? Like how, I mean, we, we ask every startup founder that comes in, you know, how'd you get into this? And usually it's about trying to solve a problem. Were you trying to solve a problem or did you stumble into this? Like what's the backstory there? Uh, well, there were, it, it was very much a journey. And uh, my journey sort of began at a very young age when I fell in love with history. And that started, I was five or six years old when my grandmother took me to New Orleans and we toured the above ground cemeteries. Yeah. And at that age, my grandmother didn't think that I would know we were in a cemetery or that there were dead bodies in there, but I knew what it was and I was fascinated. So that sort of sparked a lifelong obsession with the way people have memorialized their deceased loved ones. And it was still when I was quite young that I learned about hair art and that just absolutely clicked and made a lot of sense. So I studied the history behind this art form long before I ever knew how to do it. And the resources on the true history behind this art form, the techniques on how to do it, very few and far between. So it took a lot of historian work to figure out everything that I know in lots of years. And going back i've i've been doing this full time nearly 5 years now but when i first decided to do this full time i actually uh owned an insurance agency and i just kind of thought that this is what i need to be doing i need to just sell my insurance agency and do this full time 
even though it's essentially a dead industry, the it's been dead as an industry for about a hundred years. So, but it's not though, because you told me before we started uh, recording that you've got like a multiple month backlog of orders. So it's not dead. I mean, I do know, yes, yeah, but I mean that's impressive. I mean, what any ser- any service or any kind of any any business like that. I mean, that's not uh, your problem. Is that you can't make the stuff fast enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are worse problems to have, like there's some, you know, that boosts the value of what you're doing in mm-hmm. a lot of different ways. So congratulations on that. So are, Thank you. do you do all of this yourself or do you have a team? I do all of this myself. Okay. Yep. All, all of the hair work is done by me and all of the educational resources I put out online is done by me. Um, my husband's a software engineer, so he builds my website, but okay. it's... That's well, I would, I would guess um, since this is sort of a lost art, the more you can share online about how to do the art, the more it would help you attract customers, you know, people that are yes. researching the topic like you are. This is a great example where you can be an influencer, an expert yeah. in the topic. She's got, a ton, to she's got a ton of Instagram yeah. followers too. I mean, so like, you know, just people keeping up with that stuff. And I mean, it's not. I mean, it's you a say niche, the, but we, you can be the. Well, I say riches in the niches, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, it's uh, very education heavy, especially early on. Um, when I did first start doing this, very few people I would meet knew what hair art was. Mm-hmm. And the ones who did know what hair art was, they were very, very into it. So there were already very interested hair people. I just had to kind of find them. But then taking a step further needing to educate a broader audience on what this mm-hmm. is and why it could apply to them. Because when you say, you know, I make art out of human hair, people tend to go, Oh, that's weird. And, um, that's sort of how I got my title of professional weirdo, because I learned that, uh, that worked a lot better than saying, no, no, it's not weird. Let me tell you why it's not weird. Uh, people were a lot more receptive when I said, well, it's a little weird today, but you can trust me. I'm a professional. I still think Kristen Thomas had the best job title ever. Sex coach? Head coach. Oh. Yeah, she's still, yeah, that was, yeah. It, so. Well, this is up there. It's up there, yeah. All right. So you talk about like the way that you deliver a message. One of our favorite um, guests ever was really, really early, Laurel Holt who's the founder of CarStar. And we asked in the beginning, we said, well, Laryl, tell us about yourself. He said, well, I'm a coward. So what do you mean? He goes, I, I try to find things that no one's doing and I go do them in places where they'll leave me alone to get really good at it. <laughs> That's and, brilliant. And yeah, and the thing is, is it didn't even register in my head right away because I was like, oh, well, I don't see how you're a coward. But he was saying, you know, don't with your your enterprise or your startup or whatever you're doing, don't try to take on giants. Don't be brave and take on Google and Amazon and Apple and these companies that are just, you're going to get crushed underfoot. So um, you know, we've embraced that, that concept of that cowardly approach, meaning like go to some, go somewhere where you can be, you can be maybe number one right away or doing something like that. So, and I'm, the question I have is how many other people do this? Not very many. And that's case in point right there. <laughs> Not very many. Yeah. Um, there are maybe a handful of people that do work similar to what I'm doing where they can take commissions. A majority of them are very simple little things. 
Well, um, I would say one specific technique. Like send me a small so, lock of hair and I'll make a bow for you or something. Like it's like a really simple thing. Or there, there are some people that will do more simple, um, less the Victorian style, very right. intricate thing that I'm doing. But also a lot of people that still have, you know, their day job and this is their their side hustle, if right. you will, sure. where, where they'll do a few commissions here and there. So there, sure. there really may be only a couple of people that are doing this as a full time job right now. So your are your customers all over the world? Yeah, I've I've gotten orders from several different countries at okay. this point. And they all find you online? Yes. For the most part. So you mentioned earlier about education and being a teacher and speaker. Is that a form of marketing that you use? Like, cause you know what I find that when, all right. So when, um, I go to talk to a group of people about, um, being an entrepreneur, they find an interest in my book afterward mm -hmm. or something like that. And so that's kind of a way of marketing for the book. I actually give them away to most people at this point. Not a good business model, but you know, is that, do, do you find that when you're doing speaking and teaching stuff that, that, that those people later become your clients or do they refer you or? Uh, it can be that way, especially early on when I was really just trying to get information out where I would be doing, um, I'd be doing free speaking engagements or, or very low cost speaking engagements. Um, I was just trying to teach people, what is this? What is hair art? And that, that did start generating a little interest. And, and now it is to the point where I am having people request me to come in and paying me a speaking fee to talk about the history. And that could be a museum or it could be a college. Oh, um, cool. and, and then I have several people who are already interested in taking a class, learning how to do this from me, where I, I will, of course, if a venue can host me, if I need to travel for this, I will do that. And I love doing that. But, um, I started learning there were people all over the country, all over the world who would say, I'd love to learn how to do this, but I can't get to your class in Kansas or in, um, I taught a class in England as well. So I can't get to England to teach your class. Um, I saw recently on, we're friends on Facebook. We go way back and, uh, I saw you were in Iceland recently. Is that why you were yeah, there? Well, or were you just hanging out? Iceland was kind of my my fun side trip for a greater research trip. Um, I wasn't teaching any classes, but I was mainly going to Sweden to go to a very tiny village that almost no one here has ever heard of called Vamhus. And they have just the most fascinating history of women who were very entrepreneurial, very skilled hair artists mm. in the 1800s. And so I wanted to visit this village I've been studying for so many years and see what it was like and see some of their artifacts and some of their paperwork. And so I, I went to Vamhus, had the best research trip of my life. I learned so much. And then I also went to Denmark to see some of their hair artifacts. And then Iceland was just kind of the, the fun little side uh, trip. Interesting. So how much do these pieces of art cost? Like the example you have here, it's like what, I don't know, like six by 10 inches or six by eight inches or something for people that are, that are, that are listening, trying to visualize like the size of this piece of art. Yeah. And, and go to, go to Courtney's website at never forgotten all.com or Instagram or ours. And we'll post them too. Cause and so this is yeah, framed. Yeah. It's framed in like a, what would you call it? It's like a shadow box. What do you call that thing? Shadow so. box. Yeah. 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 Look at you. Yeah. I know a Man, lot of things. It's almost like you were shopping so at it, Michael's yesterday. So if you, if, somebody came, if I came to and commissioned a piece like this, what does this cost? So that is so hard to just, say because 
everything I do is so customized Mm -hmm. and so personal and everybody's going to have something different that they want. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have a different amount of hair that they're providing me. Are we talking about a tiny lock of hair or are you giving me a full head of long hair and a ponytail? Mm -hmm. So um, when when someone does uh, choose to commission me, I'll have them fill out a custom order form on my website and they will actually get an automatic email to my calendar online where they can set up a time to have a video call one-on-one with okay. me because that is the best way that I've found that I'm comfortable with actually discussing the details of the order because it's I'm gonna so hard to guess you have to, to sketch it out and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot of sketching involved. Um, sometimes people might have an idea of what they want. Sometimes they have no idea. They'll say, I, I get the sentiment. I want something out of this hair. But... I don't know what I want. So, so. just but so something like this is it a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars or a hundred thousand uh, dollars or like what? What's yeah, the this, kind of ballpark priceless of like this? It's priceless. I mean, it's obviously priceless. it's priceless. But. <laughs> uh, this particular one that's sitting here, if I were to sell this, I would say that uh, my work would be fifteen hundred, and that would not be including the cost of the uh, custom shadow box framing. Yeah. So that's, Picture frames are freaking expensive. Dude, I tell you what, it feels like they a can racket. Be, yeah. They, yeah, they're ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, unless you make them yourself. I don't know what's so expensive. I, like, I'm, I want to see you make that frame. Yeah, that's what I do. I mean, I know everybody that's on my the podcast. Side, that's my side, right that's now, my side hustle yeah. is framing. I find that it pays a lot better than being a podcast host. It probably does. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned a couple things. And, you know, Matt, you, I, I just was thinking when you asked, I was like, oh, you, you were just that guy. That like the people that that will call us up at full scale and they're, how long is this going to take? How much is this going to cost? It's like it's so variable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I, I mean that and like that. But and then one of the things that and for those of you listening, this is always a red flag for for me. I I don't like the clients that would be like, well, whatever you think is best. Now that might be a little <laughs> better for you, but you just you know it's so subjective to you know any type of art or creativity. If you're you know you can make something and spend two weeks doing it, and then they're like, "Yeah, I hate it." You're like, "Well, you didn't tell me what you wanted, so this is what you get." I mean, do you run into some of that occasionally, or a little bit, a little bit? Um, it it depends on the project, but I will still try to have a conversation with someone. So. For example, if someone's giving me the hair of their mother and their mother's deceased, this is very special hair to them. And they might say, I don't know what I want and I want you to do what you think is best. I will at least have a conversation with them about, well, what do you want to tell me about your mother? What did she like? What colors did she like? What patterns? What kind of clothes did she wear? What was important to her in her life? And um, it, I find a lot of my clients actually find it to be a bit of a healing thing to be able sure. to talk about why this is special. And, uh, normally in the process of that conversation, they'll have a light bulb that just clicks and say, that's, that's what we're doing. Cause you, you get to thinking about the person cause we're trying to memorialize someone here and that's whether they're deceased or alive. This is a monument to this person and it's a monument to your relationship with this person. Are the subjects, uh, the hair that you're working with, overwhelmingly deceased? I would say at the moment. Um, it's hard to get the hair of somebody deceased. It is. But I guess it doesn't isn't. have to be their hair. It could be anybody's hair, I guess. I think it'd probably be easier to get my hair after I deceased than trying to get it from me now. I mean, I'm just saying. like, I can come over there and get your hair. I'd try it. 
<laughs> I, I'm very protective of what I've got left. Yeah, so if you come say. by trying to take it yeah, off. Yeah, you're right. Gonna, There's gonna, not a lot of hair back I'm there. Gonna, I'm going to get after you. But <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I'm just because I've been able to identify who your like who your customers or your clientele is pretty pretty darn valuable in any business. So. Yeah, and I'm about half and half right now okay. for for deceased versus living pieces. So Are they always people? No, I've done animal hair as well. Um, I've I've had people go so far as to give me a tiny lock of Chihuahua fur, so very very short, very tiny. But we've been able to do things like make a tiny paw print that could go in a locket out of dog hair, and I've worked with cat hair and. I love working with horse hair because it's very long and you can do some really big, beautiful flowers with horse hair. So does it have to be the subject's hair or do you just sometimes just use other hair? When I use other hair, oddly enough, I use antique hair from the Victorian era. So there's still an essence of history to it. So because you, can, you can buy hair that's like over 100 years old? Absolutely, you can. If you, you can buy anything. Weird. There's <laughs> that nothing weird. The internet has made it so you I can I mean, is there a business of like digging up graves and stealing people's hair or something? No, like, where does this hair no, come no. From? <laughs> well. <laughs> where does this come from? We frown upon grave robbing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in the Victorian era, this was mm -hmm. so common and wildly popular. It was a normal part of culture. And but hair art's been around since before then, because I feel like I've been to museums and seen things made of hair that were like, I mean, I'm talking like almost like caveman style. Oh, yeah. People have been saving hair for as long as there have been people for one reason mm -hmm. or another. And every culture has their own reason for why they would save hair or what they do with the hair. So hair is a very heavily ritualized and very sentimentalized part of human life. So does it, after it gets to a certain age, does it get really brittle and stuff like that? Or does it last a long time? No, it is extremely resistant to decay because of a strong protein called keratin that's mm -hmm. in our hair, in our fingernails. It is going to last for thousands of thousands of years. Um, as long as it is kept dry and away from any bugs that might be in the soil that might eat it. Because okay. hair will essentially only decompose if it is buried in the ground. Okay. But other than that, in a shadow box like this, in a dome, in a piece of jewelry, it will last longer than any of us will. Okay. Wow. The, I've learned more about hair today in the last 21 minutes than I may have ever known. I mean, I'm serious. Like I, there's, I, I find that to be interesting. So I want to talk about your personal brand. And for those of you that are listening, um, you check out Courtney on her Instagram channel, which is never forgotten CL. Now you are, um, you keep the vintage feel going because today you are dressed as if we are in the Victorian time period. Yes. And I often do dress as such. <laughs> and, well, every time I've seen you, you have been, and it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, you're wearing a dress that's similar to the time period and a hat that would have been similar. And you do have a cane, which I hope has a sword inside it for some weird reason. This one doesn't. Oh, but you I, have one that does. I do, yes. yes. That's yes. what I'm talking about. I yeah. do, yes. <laughs> and, I, and I remember one thing specifically. It was after the night you came and saw Santana with us. You said a, you had made a comment on Facebook that a police officer had made a comment to you. You're like spooky but i like it or something like that yeah at yeah. that concert yeah. as yeah. i was going home police officer shines his light right at me and says you're scary but i like it <laughs> <laughs> well it, but and this is what we're talking about but the thing is is you build a, a brand around this in it and it, it it look there are seven billion people on this planet if you're if you i mean why if you can if 
if, if it goes well with what you're doing and it's how people are going to remember you. I started doing this with gold shoes three years ago. We we're talking about that. Next thing you know, you're giving people gold shoes. They're giving other people gold shoes. Who knows? But, you know, that, but that, that became something that for me that stood out and others around like Matt's, we, we have adopted a gold shoe brotherhood. That's right. But it, it people remember certain things and it's sometimes hard to, to stand out. So, um, it, I mean, was that at some point where you're like, okay, cool, this is, this is now intentional. I'm going to support my own personal brand. Well, I have always felt very comfortable with what I want to wear, even if it is um, elegantly outlandish as it is. So even before I was doing this as a profession, I still loved history and I still loved this type of clothing and I still loved fancy hats. So I I dressed like this even when I was an insurance agent and I'd have people say, you're the coolest (laughs) insurance agent I've ever met. So even then it was... It was my personal brand, and I, I have uh, had to come to terms with the fact that my brand is me. When I first started my business, I well, I, I didn't yeah. really want it to be me. I, I didn't have any social media before I started my business, and getting online was uncomfortable for me at the start. So I wanted it to be, here's my logo, here's my business, here's my brand. You don't need to know too much about me. You don't need to see my face very often, but uh, I learned very quickly that... Um, I am my brand and I, I have since learned to own that. I love it. I think your dress is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, sadly we live in a world now where nobody dresses formal anymore. Nobody dresses up like all the girls wear yoga pants or leggings or jeans. And like, that is like the end of style. Like it's known as athleisure. Yeah. Like nobody dresses any of any way of formal or nicety anymore. No, I think so. it's cool, man. I just think it's, uh, you know, I love it. I, uh, with the history and, that I have in the music industry and then also like Jay at Urban Necessities mm-hmm. is very, very unique with a lot of that stuff. And I've just really learned to uh, appreciate uh, anybody that, it, I don't know, there's a lot of ways to express your personality and, you know, whatever. Some people are, it's funny, people with the, I have had the weirdest comments about gold shoes. A lot of people are like, yeah, I wouldn't, I'm not brave enough to wear those. I'm like, it's a pair of freaking yeah, shoes. shoes. Like, it's not like, I'm not like wearing a, you know, a shirt with a bullseye on it or something, but it's, you know, it's, it's amazing how many, but a lot of people have, have pointed out. And, you know, one of the things too is like, so right now my wife has purple hair. And, and she's, she's been saying, she's like, yeah, you know, I've been like three people a day are saying something to me. I'm like, well, that, now you know how the last three years has felt. It was, you know, just different stuff, but oh, you yeah. stand out and, it, and it's amazing how many people kind of express their own insecurity. A lot do, you, of people, do you get that too? All the time. And, uh, it, it's funny that you say her hair's purple because purple is kind of my default hair color that I always go back to for at least a couple months out of the year, my hair's purple and I, I change it up now and then, but whether it's the color of my hair or my haircut, I have it really short in the back and really long in the front. Or if it's a hat I'm wearing or a dress I'm wearing, people all the time say, oh, I wish I could do something like that. I'm so like, you can. You can. And all that's always what I it. say, yeah, too. And, right. and, and yeah, a lot of people just feel like they can't. And I, I think that's kind of sad. I really do. Because I, I love what I wear. I am never uncomfortable because... I'm comfortable in my skin and my clothes and I'm always hopelessly overdressed for whatever I'm doing. But for me, I'm, I'm comfortable when I'm overdressed. I feel like I could have prepared better for today. So obviously you're a fan of the Victorian time, but do you Mm -hmm. also like to go to like the Renaissance fair and do you like that kind of stuff too? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, anything related to history is fascinating to me because you have a whole wardrobe for the renaissance (laughs) um not at the moment um not at the moment but i i have had some more renaissance period things before it's it's really whatever i like i don't try to confine myself only to the victorian era but that's the one that most of my followers most of my fans are familiar Mm, with so it's the most easily identifiable for my audience yeah I just realized how much I dropped the ball today because I own a really awesome top hat. Oh, you should have brought the top I, hat. I know, man. I would have worn mine too. It's like a really nice one. Is I, it gold? No, it's but it's like a. I mean, it. I, I, I didn't pay like huge money for it, but at some point I was like, man, I would like to have a top hat. It has a feather in it. It's it's awesome, <laughs> dude. It's like I mean, it's like it's, it's a sized hat. I mean, it's really nice. It's sitting on a shelf, and I realize I really dropped the ball on that because uh, yeah, and I look great in it, Matt. That's the thing. Yeah, it's just amazing. And then so, you wear the gold tie. No, I do have a gold, gold tie. Shoes. It looks like it's made out of gold. I've actually had when I have that on people come up to me i've had people ask me they're like is that really gold because it I mean it looks like it really is yeah. yeah that was a drunken purchase in the venetian mall in vegas and mm-hmm. i don't regret it it's always funny you like wear gold shoes or something like that and people come up they're like you have so much money you made your shoes gold uh, sometimes when people make dumb <laughs> people comments like that stuff. i'm like you know the hardest part is these things are heavy <laughs> <laughs> like yeah so um all right so for those listening that want to order or get in line for your art, how do they, how do, how are we going to do that? Well, on my website, in my shop, I have a custom order form, which at the moment, as I mentioned, is temporarily closed. So when you go to that form right now, it will prompt you to sign up for my email list because I have promised that my email subscribers will know about a week in advance when I open orders. Um, as opposed to announcing it to the general public on social media, just because there are lots of people who have been waiting a while. I've had my custom order form shut off for uh, about six months now, and I'm I'm still going through my orders that already have a deposit paid to wow. get them finished. So I anticipate that once I start my order form back up again, I'll probably fill up my time slots very quickly and and need to shut it down again. So we'll probably so, have to take con- them in batches. And congrats on that. I mean, seriously, like congrats on that. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. So do you, as you look forward, do you plan to grow and scale this at all? Like find an apprentice to help do you do this with you? And are you applying? Maybe. I think, I, you'd, be I, I think you'd be great. <laughs> as long as I can wear the dresses too. <laughs> I, I'm I'd not, encourage no it. No judging. Yeah. No judging. Yeah. And the purple hair. Yeah. Yeah. We need to get you a purple top hat. Purple oh. top hats are people like purple top oh, hats. I've learned that. That maybe, <laughs> maybe if you even go all the way in like velour. Yeah. yeah I could see it with yeah, like yeah. a cheetah band. I'm in. With I'm a totally cheetah in. band around <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I get that question a lot because I think the entrepreneurial community is very technology, startup, scalable focused mm-hmm. right now. So a lot of entrepreneurs in the area will say, okay, how do you scale it? How do you take it up? And uh, sometimes I get looks like I'm crazy when I tell them that I'm not necessarily interested in that right now. Sure. I'm I'm happy and comfortable where I am. And I know as my demand gets up, I can start increasing my own, uh, the time for my own work as well. Yeah, that, that was my next question. Yeah, increase yeah. your pricing. Yeah. And so there's one thing there. But as far as hiring employees that's not something i'm necessarily interested in 
at the moment, at least not for doing the work, because this is such a deeply personal business mm-hmm. that I know I trust myself to work with the hair of someone else's loved one. And it would take a lot before I would be comfortable having an employee that I would trust just as well. Mm-hmm. And I think if that ever were to happen, it probably would be someone I would take on as an impre- as, as an apprentice, someone yeah. I would train myself, someone I would work with and sit with for um, as long as needed to teach them the skills, my tips and tricks, um, and see them do a few pieces. But um, I'm not actively seeking that. If the right person... Um, that I felt really had a lot of potential that I wanted to work with came along, I may consider it. But um, at the time, I just love the flexibility of being myself and working for and by myself. And um, I mean, earlier you mentioned that I walk with a cane. It's it's very cool and swanky, but it is also functional. I, I do have a disability. So there are some days where you know, I can't do the work today because my joints hurt too much. And that is great that I'm able to say, okay, today I'll do some writing from bed then, but tomorrow back to work if my joints will allow it. So anytime I think of having an employee, I think of having more um, of a rigid schedule. And that's something that um, I don't think works for me, at least not right now. Okay. So, well, I think your scalability, I think you're onto your scalability. I mean, it's your own time. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, and at some point you'll hit a, an equilibrium where, you know, you get up to a certain amount and then you, people won't pay for it and you'll figure that out. And, but if you're like the expert, then you're the expert. Well, and it's and the same I way am, with an artist, yeah. like someone that's a painter or anyone well, that does that. I mean, you get just, people that pay you to go speak and do stuff like yeah. stuff like that too. And you're like, Hey, when I have time to do the work, I do the work. Otherwise I'm out speaking. And, and by the way, whatever. that is scalable because in the, the modern way you can deliver that kind of content, you could have a worldwide audience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a, and there's a, and the, uh, you know, everything from, you know, writing books to, you know, like this podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't cost us a whole lot of money to produce the podcast and have listeners all over. Oh so, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Know, it's, uh, it's different for, for everyone on that. So with that, I think it's time to play mixtape. Oh yeah. Have you played mixtape before? I have not played mixtape. Okay. So you can go to mixtapethegame.com if you want to check it out. So I have pulled a card out of the mixtape deck. I'm going to read a scenario. We're all going to name a song that comes to mind. We will vote for the winner. You may not vote for yourself. Okay. What song would you play during a job interview to convince Kevin Bacon to hire you? Wow, Kevin Bacon. Hmm. I mean, I guess it's got to be Footloose. I feel like that can't even be an answer. No, because you want to get the job, right? Do you know how many people, how many Footloose comments Kevin Bacon has Probably. probably heard over the years? Like, that would be my one advice to not use, but... One of my employees has a uh, restaurant in Springfield, Missouri, and Kevin Bacon was doing some kind of show in Springfield and went to his restaurant. So I have like two degrees away from Kevin Bacon. <sighs> we all do, apparently. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm going to say <laughs> I already used taking care of business this week. Mm. This is an interesting question because, you know, you're at a job interview. That I think the real question that we've got to answer is, do I really want to work for Kevin Bacon? Is this a What's tough the one? job? Is he giving me his hair so I can make something for there him? There you go. It could there be. you go. It could be. There <laughs> yeah. you go. Let me rephrase the question. Okay. Kevin Bacon has filled out your online order form for Victorian <laughs> hair art, and while you are creating it for him, you listen to what song? Boom. Wow. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. There we go. 
Um, well, uh, for an absurd scenario, I feel like we need an absurd song. So I'm going to go with O Fortuna. I don't and that is. Oh man, that's that's an old, very dramatic operatic uh classic mm, like mm. um Oh. You're required to sing it now. I'm required to <laughs> sing <laughs> O Fortuna on a podcast. You're allowed to <laughs> sing when we encourage that and you know like so what It's am much I, better than dancing on a podcast for sure. What am I going to go with? This is I mean this is a tough one. This well, since now I'm I'm making something for him, I it's got to be Footloose now. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney, you get my vote. I'm not even, I'm abstaining for I am literally I my timer ran out, which okay. by the way happens on Mixtape the app, which we're yeah. going to be playing real soon here and we're going to have a yeah, we are doing a lot of stuff with that. Okay, so, so O Fortuna wins. Yeah, congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. Con- Fortuna. Congratulations. Do not play it. I do not want to trigger uh copyright infringements oh. now yeah that's right don't do that um by the way you can't do that it's you well, like apple and other stuff they they don't like it yeah youtube especially don't well if after this podcast or if any listeners want to look up that song to listen to it it is uh the song that i use to pump myself up because it is very dark and very dramatic and when I hear that song, I just think there is a presence here. And I, I secretly try to be that presence. Wow. So. Okay. That's like your walk-up song. Yes. And I like that. All right. So as we round out this episode, we, we have been ending each episode with what we have called the Founders Freestyle. You, What would you like to say to the world, Courtney? Go for it. Oh, can be anything. Can be anything. What would I like to say to the world? I would like to say to the world. <laughs> Did I put too much pressure on that? Dear world. <laughs> Dear world, someday you will die. <laughs> and therefore, you need to just go for it and find a way to have fun through all of the ups and downs. Man. All right. That started ominous and yeah. then like, but that's a good way. Like, you know, like bring it up. Yeah. Nice crescendo, Matt. What I like do you got? Um, I think today's episode is just a good reminder of there's a lot of different ways to have a business and make money. And um, obviously you have, um, you know, in some part helping revitalize a, an industry, right? Like you're a leader of an industry um, of, a, of a niche and where you can be a influencer and historian and everything. It's very cool. So kudos to you. Thank you. Yeah, and, and before I, I make a couple comments, once again, today's episode is brought to you by Fullscale.io. You can go to Courtney's website at NeverForgottenCL.com. You can also find her on Instagram on that same handle. If you are still listening, you can check out our new YouTube channel, and you will see all of our talking heads. Um, I think, you know, and it, as we close this out, I really think that, you know, what Matt said is very true. And I think that, um, you know, success is, is however you define it. And you feel very comfortable with that, Courtney. You're like, hey, look, you know, I don't need 100 employees or anything like that. And that's fine. I mean, if you feel successful, then you are. Um, when or in the early days of the, this podcast, I asked my friend Joel, who's a legit rock star. I was like, hey, man, this is so many people have been listening to this. He's, I was like, is that any good? So at what point is this a lot? He goes, whenever you think it is. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like you're good. It's good whenever you think it is, whenever you're cool with it. And like, that was a very simplistic answer, but it made a hundred, you know, it made sense a hundred times over. So, and you know, and then another thing too, is just like, and in the end you are your own brand. Like if we sell full scale or don't do the podcast or any of those things, I'm still Matt DeCourcy. You're still Matt Watson. And, you know, like, so, and invest some time into you. And, you know, that's an important thing. And people ask me, like, why do you write books? I'm like, well, that's part of the brand. I mean, I don't really make a lot of money off of writing books, but I enjoy doing it. And there's a sense of pride and accomplishment when you're done. In the same way with hair art, these are things that kind of live on. You know, I don't know if people in 300 years are going to be reading Million Dollar Bedroom. They'll be reading Million Dollar Spaceship, Mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, eight generations from now. But anyway, Courtney, thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, like Matt said, um, there's a lot of different ways to be an entrepreneur. There's a lot of different ways to run a business. There's a lot of different ways to do what you want to do. So go out there and start doing it. Thanks, everybody. Yep. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle. Cause, 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 no one can do it.